0: Welcome to another episode of Capital Roots, brought to you by Capital Farm Credit, where we bring you the experts of the ag industry.
1: I loved doing those kinds of good news about just ordinary people, and I kept thinking, gosh, we could do that in Texas. It does our world, our society,
2: and our souls a lot of good. In addition to a few Texas legends along the way, we're your hosts, Joe Patronella and Clint Cryer. Thank you for listening. Now let's get back to our roots.
0: Today, we've got Bob and Kelly Phillips with Texas Country Reporter. And I cannot stress to you how excited I am. This is probably going to be my closest brush to fame. You guys. These Whoa. guys are legends to me.
1: That's 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 really
0: sad. What? <laughs> I, I was about to say, to that's, know, that's if like if low. This,
1: if this is their, your closest <laughs> brush. I mean, seriously. I
0: mean. That's that's the exact reaction I was thinking I'd get from you because you're both so humble and so kind with all of the the good work you've done around the state of Texas, ordinary people that you showcase. But I really am so excited to have you both, and I know Clint is as well. Um, your show is just legendary. It truly is. So I'm so excited to learn about it. Well,
1: thank you, thank Thanks. you. We are, we are legends in our own minds, but that's as far as it goes. Speak for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. And And... Uh, you know, Capital Farm Credit has been a huge part of this mm-hmm. for, do you realize, almost 23 years, which yep. is by far, that's almost double any other sponsor we've had in our That's almost half of
3: the, the yeah, length it's, of it's,
1: Texas it's, Country Reporter since it's were, been on the air. We, when we first started talking to Capital Farm Credit, we had just finished celebrating 25 years on the air. Wow. Well and then so it's, it's been and right a now we're shooting
3: season 52 right
1: year 52 We've been, it's yeah. been an incredible partnership because um one of the things we learned very early on was that the same people who are members there and we're we're members you know mm-hmm. uh the, the same people there are the same people who watch our show yeah. yes so it's you know, it well, it's
3: ordinary easy. people that you know get up every day and they put their pants on and they get the job done. She's
2: heard me speak before too. once <laughs> or twice. <laughs> you know, I, I, I had the good fortune to get to know them a couple of weeks ago, and I would have introduced them just a little bit different. Mainly, I, I was I was thinking I might get to do the introduction. I was going to say, "Hey, we've got Bob Phillips with Texas Country Reporter and their CEO Kelly." <laughs> 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 now we're getting a glimpse into the operation. Yeah.
1: Now you're really, you know, you're, you really targeted that. And that's true. (laughs) Um, It's gotten to the point where I don't know, you know, she mentioned you get up and put your pants on and go out and get the job. I don't know if I can get my pants on or not. without her. I (laughs) I lay out a flat person every
3: morning. Uh. She she
1: does, you know, here, you're wearing that. Okay. Whatever you say.
0: So speaking of getting the job done every morning. Mm -hmm. So before we get into the history of everything, How how do y'all go about choosing what y'all do and where you go? I mean, there's a million different places that you have been where you're gonna go. Can I get a little insight into that?
1: How long do we have on this thing? Uh, (laughs) As long as you need, Bob. Well, because I'll give you the real quick history. Okay. When we first started out doing this in 1972, there was no internet. and we only were we only worked at, at you know uh, we I worked for a TV station the CBS affiliate in Dallas Texas and uh, i was a news guy and went out you know with a couple of other news guys and we said hey we're just going to go out there and see what we find and and put it on you know put it on the air and see if it floats you know <laughs> and so uh, we, we did and we would literally just kind of meet in the morning and say which direction do you guys want to go and, oh, let's go east today. So we had a 100-mile radius. We were allowed to travel. I, I, we didn't, our math, we didn't, you know, we're, we're broadcast guys, so math was real fussy. To us. So we sometimes wandered two or 300 miles you uh-huh. know, away. I'm an
0: attorney, same with the
1: math there. I got See, you. <laughs> there you go. That's why you became an attorney, yep. right? instead exactly. of an accountant. Yep. And, you know, well, look at broadcast. We didn't have to do anything Any except math. learn how to talk. And so – you know, we would just go somewhere and we'd find out wh- wherever it is that people gather. It might be a, a local feed store in one town or mm-hmm. the dairy queen in another town or, 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 you know, any place that people gather in the morning and drink coffee and, you know, tell lies to each other and all that. Mm-hmm. We'd go there and say, Hey, tell us what's going on. And inevitably those people would say, you ought to go out and do a story. Oh, so-and-so. And that's how we did it for the first several years. Now, gosh, they've got this thing called the. Have y'all heard about the the www dot? You know, it's that <laughs> thing. internet thing. The internet, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. I'll it. Uh-huh. you know, it's got a dot com. Yeah. Well, that changed everything <laughs> in the in the mid nineties when they released the internet to you know to real people, uh, and and by two thousand, actual stuff started appearing on it that you could use we started finding our stories that way because the first thing that went on the internet was every newspaper in the on the planet including little bitty weekly or Mm -hmm. even bi-weekly newspapers in small towns we found those and started finding all these stories and so it went from going to the feed store and meeting with the good old boys To you know, well, and people
3: also mailing, you know, snail mail. (laughs) Yeah, they would (laughs) mail letters.
1: Think about that. How many times have you ever in your life sat down and and written a letter, a a handwritten letter, to a television show? I'd like for
3: you to do a story on XYZ.
1: We would get thousands of letters every year. I mean, thousands, you know, and people had to take the time to sit down and write it out. Get an envelope, find a stamp, put it in the mailbox, and send it to us. So we got a lot of a lot of our ideas that way. Now we get a lot of ideas from people who just watch the show, social media, send us an email or Facebook, whatever. You get a lot of. I don't even know how to sign on to Facebook. That's you're better off for it. I I don't do social media. I have I have. They tell me that I have social media sites. On those things, that tweeting thing and all that, uh, but it's really <laughs> Kelly. <That bird. laughs> I'm telling y'all a well-kept secret. It's really yeah. Kelly that does that stuff. And so, you're, when you think you're talking to me, you're really talking to her. Because, like I said, I don't even know how to sign on to it. That's so. best. But we get a lot of story ideas that way.
0: Well, yeah. I I think people reaching out to y'all shows two things: the power of your show, but then also the power of connectivity of our state. Yes. people want to oh. see areas that they're not in. Right. I I always like to say. It, I give Clinton a hard time for being up at the uh, panhandle, oh, here it but comes. I love West Texas. I, I could yeah. never live there because I can't take my life and my cows and my operation and my life here and move it up there. But I love to know they what's going on up, up there. there. Not my kind. And so <laughs> what kind of cows does <laughs> Not ones that would survive up there. And so I just <laughs> Those kind. I love to see different areas of the state that I can only sometimes see on y'all show, and yeah. and that shows the power of connectivity that y'all do. What's you know,
3: great I- is our state has so many different you know terrains i mean you Mm. wouldn't think texas has mountains
1: Mm.
3: we've got mountains
1: people who've lived there their entire lives and don't know that they don't know it or at least they've never seen a mountain in texas no we've got got we've got mountains we've got pines we've
3: got canyons we've got
1: texas coast the the, the gulf coast you know
2: speaking of i was in marathon texas this last weekend you said it right too the first time I've ever been to true West Texas, even though I live in Lubbock. <laughs> Joe's gonna laugh at this. <laughs>
3: uh huh. We're listening. Wait a minute.
2: It's a different you country. Did. I didn't know there were mountains. Yeah, yes. lots of cactus. Oh, no. Yeah, uh,
1: and the night sky, Those is there. stars, what, 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 what dark is he, sky one. I think. What does he say there. about go back to this Lubbock thing? What's he say? That's not true West Texas. But
2: he gives me a hard time about Lubbock not being lives West here, Texas. Right? Uh huh. And no. so I tell him he lives in East Texas. He doesn't like it. He lives in East Texas. Even,
0: Geographically, even that's correct. Neither but one of you are correct. <laughs> Thank you. That's actually the right answer. Are
1: you going to tell me what kind of cows you have? <laughs> Wet cows Grangus wouldn't be able to make it up there. Oh no, they wouldn't. I, I was. I'm yeah. just glad to hear that you don't have those endangered French cows, whatever they're called. <laughs> <laughs> you know the ones I'm talking about. I don't. But oh okay. yeah, there's there's a breed of cows on go look the endangered up. species list because there are so few of them. It's some French whoop de the ones oh. that, we
3: have them in Texas. Yeah. Oh yeah.
1: They're, uh, they're 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 black on both ends and white in the middle, or maybe oh, white on oh both those. Ends. What's that called? The belted, belted Galloway. Yeah, it's. A, they're in danger. Yeah, yes, huh. they. Well, they're in danger because there are so few of them. It's not that they're like dying out, but they're still. But they're the ones that, that give cold. chocolate and white milk, right? I, I, yeah, absolutely. It depends, <laughs> it depends on where you pull. Uh, there we go. Sorry, true blonde. <laughs> 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 Didn't everybody think that when uh, they were little? Yes. Ag <laughs> teachers everywhere pulling their hair. I off. know.
2: It makes me think of. I know. It makes me think of a, a slightly different uh, scenario. Going to the big steakhouse that had the big Hereford bull out front. Oh yeah. You know, and going out as a kid thinking it was a cow. Oh,
1: yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's not a cow? You know? <laughs> no. You gotta watch where you pull. That's you right. <laughs> <laughs> it could
3: be in trouble. We yeah. can say
1: that on this
2: podcast. Yes. Yeah. Right. Yes. Yes. That's right. Everybody That's out right. there understands it. We're 110% agriculture. Okay. Yes. <laughs> there we go. Okay, so
0: you mentioned how you got the ideas of the story and it was different from then and now, but going back to then, getting all started, how did how did you get into this line of work? <laughs>
1: I was...
3: I'm going to sit back on this one. No, I'm
1: going to tell the quick story. (laughs) Basically, I had a high school journalism teacher that I was very interested in journalism, uh, primarily because I didn't have any idea what I was going to do with my life. And I'm 17 years old, a senior in high school. My brother was in Vietnam at the time. He was uh, a a journalist over there, and among other things. And and he was my big brother, and I, you know, worshipped every thing he did and i thought you know my brother's a journalist maybe i'll try that so i told my high school journalism teacher i want to become a journalist and she basically said you need to go study this at this place and blah 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 all of that she she basically laid out a plan uh a few months after three months after graduating from high school i'm sitting in in journalism 101 as a freshman (laughs) you know my first semester of college and a guy comes in to talk to my um to my class. And he was, he was a you a know, big time, uh, major market television news director and news anchor. And I I asked this guy for a job and he hired me, even though I had zero skills, none, I just had a lot of desire. And he took a, he took a chance on me. So I, you know, a few months later, I'm a full-time television news photographer. Um, just by being in the right place at the right time and doing things that I wasn't supposed to do, I ended up on the air about three months into this whole thing. So I was both a photographer and a reporter before I uh, uh, before I even turned 19. And um, I, I did that, I traveled with the Dallas Cowboys for a long time. I was on the sidelines of every game they that they played in the 70s and early 80s. And it just had a whole lot of stuff. I was covering politics and this and this and this. But I, I I was watching Charles Kuralt, who did the On the Road series on CBS Evening News with Walter Cronkite back then, On the Road with Charles Kuralt. Okay. And I loved his storytelling. I loved doing those kinds of non-controversial good news about just ordinary people living extraordinary lives in some some little way. And I kept thinking, gosh, we could do that in Texas. we you know, you know, he's covering the entire country. Well, what if we just did this in Texas? Happened to meet him. He encouraged me to do this. I studied with him, traveled with him, and uh, he became my mentor. And next thing you know, I've talked my boss into letting us try this. So went out and did that. And now I still had to cover my news beat for 16 years. I did the show. 16 years. Pretty much on my own time. And then I had to cover a news beat and, and did all the, the news stuff that you do. But that show grew and evolved just in the Dallas market those first first 15 years. Mm-hmm. Okay. The, and and um, then I got the idea to syndicate it and take it all over the state. And I went out and physically drove to every television market, all 19 television markets in the state of Texas, and came back with with a station willing to show it in every one of those markets. And uh, next thing you know, it's a statewide thing. And, and I left the TV station, started my own production company, and here we are 52 years later. Here we are. Yeah.
3: yeah.
0: And how did you get involved as CEO of the operation, if <laughs> I may ask? He needed help. The, there we go. Boy, that's the truth. That he was in the, the woods.
3: <laughs> he was. Now, um, I was doing news in Beaumont when okay. Bob and I met. But uh, you
1: started in TV at the same age I did. You I were 18, did. right? I and did. You, and you yeah. TV in, in San, San Antonio. San Antonio.
3: Yeah. yeah. Um, I've kind of dabbled in television and radio since I was 14. So our our backgrounds are very much similar. Um, she similar. grew up down
1: by Corpus in yeah. Portland, Texas. Oh, okay. That's where Michael's from. Yeah.
3: Yeah. So, uh, anyway, I was doing that. We lived apart for 10 years. After we lived, um, yeah, 10 years.
1: Of, you know, of five
3: uh, hours apart yeah. and only seeing each other on the weekends. And Bob worked on me for a good five years before I finally said yes. <laughs> I kept saying, please
1: quit that news job. She was the anchor at the CBS affiliate over in the Beaumont Port And North about the, the time,
3: you know, I started reporting on my kid's Friends. They were getting arrested or, you know, <laughs> oh, yeah. shot or, you know, negative things. And I finally said, you know what? I, I think it's time to give this up and I'd like to do something positive. Sure. And it's been the best decision. We went from only seeing each other on the weekends to now being together 24-7. We office together. We're in the car I, together. You I'm, can't get out.
1: In our, in our <laughs> office, which we are rarely in because right. I can't stand being in an office. We have desks that butt up against each other and then we're you know we're literally together all the
3: time but it took me you know a couple of years of being with the company and i i kind of looked around and i went gee you're really going about this you know all wrong i (laughs) mean you are wasting a lot of time so money and and money so i came to him and i said Hey, um, I think <laughs> this is how we should start covering stories. And, and he went, That will never work. All, uh,
1: it wasn't just me. <laughs> uh, and no, mind, everybody. This was a bunch of guys. Yes, I was who, the only who'd female. we been working together for years, and then here in comes the only female. And she's Who bakes playing.
3: cookies all the time for him? I mean, come on, that. I'm trying the, to, yeah. you know, butter them yeah. up.
1: Yeah. And, and uh, she comes in and goes, You know what you're doing wrong, don't you? Well, you know what the guy, you know, that's like, aren't you going to stop and ask for directions and guys no. don't do that you no. know, guys aren't gonna you're not gonna admit you that you're lost or you don't know yeah. where you're going so you don't do that well when she, w- when she comes in and says let me tell you how you ought to be doing this we all looked at her and went that'll never work no. Finally, we did
3: it one time we humored
1: her yes we, humored. we all said i'll humor you and we're going to try your way one time and basically what
3: it was is we all traveled as a group. We're a very small company. I mean, right. eight people. Come on. Yeah. And we do this show that's not only you know broadcast across the state, but it's also on nation, yeah, uh, nation on one. RFD yeah. TV. Yeah. And we did this, we all traveled together and everybody went, That was so much fun. And look at how much we got it accomplished. Is so
1: much more per Kelly. Yeah. Good job. Thank you. Because she,
0: priorly, y'all had been going separately? yeah.
1: We had been going. We would take a couple of other people with us, so there'd be like four of us, and we'd go out. And she went, let's just take everybody, and it, you know, this, these two can work on this story, while these two are over at this story, and these two are over there. But I, I'll give you an example. Here, in two weeks from right now, we will be in the Bryan College Station area for, for a couple or three days, and we got, we've, we'll have crews. All around here, not necessarily in Bryan or College Station, but like we're going to be over at Huntsville doing some. We got one of Navasota, Navasota. We, have, we have one here, an Aggie story. There we go. Sorry, Clint. And, and those will all <laughs> happen simultaneously with Kelly and me hopscotching between those crews and those stories. And so she improved our productivity by 300%. Super efficient, yeah. And, and that made it where we could spend. We could spend more time putting those stories together and mm-hmm. hopefully doing an even better job of telling the stories. Because yeah. most of the work, the, 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 what we call the, the really important work, the, the stories are made in the writing and editing. Mm-hmm. Um, once you've, you know, the interview is, is huge, and of course, you got to acquire the footage. But after that, it's made in the writing and editing, and that gives us a whole lot more time mm-hmm. to do that. Well, so.
3: and I also told them, I mean, come on, we're in Texas. Summer, June, <laughs> yeah. July, August. Which we Do you really want to be outside?
1: No. We were shooting a lot in the middle of the summer, and guys, these guys have been together. I mean, some of our crew has been with me for well over thirty years. Several of them, and you know, we're getting a little older, and all of a sudden, you look up and you're you're shooting in in Orange, Texas, where the humidity somehow is two hundred percent. Yes, in August. And she said, this is insane, guys. If you just shoot this in the spring when it's, it's still okay. So we did. And we could all we, still breathe. Yeah. Well, we started doing that, and it's, it's, it's great. That's how we do it now.
0: I love logistics and planning and things, and that was going to be one of my questions is, how do you get around the state to do this? And stacking is just the most logical answer to that. Exactly. Yeah, That's exactly that. Exactly. That is because fascinating. what he yeah.
3: used to do, one day, Monday, he'd be in El Paso. And then on Wednesday, he'd be in Tyler.
1: <laughs> that's true, we did.
2: And we
3: then just... on Thursday, he'd be in Corpus. It's like, what are you doing? Yeah, what
2: is it? Was it they say uh, men are from Venus and women are from Mars? Or is that, is that backwards? <laughs> yeah, it,
1: well, Something it
3: doesn't like. be backwards. It We're from one planet and they're from another. Yeah, they're yeah. from
1: the good one. You yeah. know?
3: I don't know about that. It's <laughs> just... They're from the efficient
1: one. It's, well, yeah, the, uh, yeah It's efficiency. One, that's right? what it is. Yeah. So they're, they're, women are Vulcans. How about that? Yeah. You know, they're Is that <laughs> a compliment? <laughs> I don't, I'm not sure. I don't but No. Uh, well, yeah. Yeah. Planet Vulcan. Yeah. They're the logical ones. Okay. That.
0: So the planning that must take, though, I'm sure that's quite front loaded on that end.
3: Yeah, it's it's a lot of work. Um, Typically, what we try to do is shoot January, February, March, April, May if we have to. But that's one week in each of those given months. Okay. Um, And it basically takes a good, you know, four to six weeks to plan those trips. I mean, trying to get everybody to say, yes, this one week I will be in this general area. And that's the only time we will be there. Mm -hmm. And if you can't make that story, well, guess what? You wait a year. Yeah, you wait a year or longer. It just kind of depends.
2: So you told me... 20 how many episodes
1: new programs per year and each one gets repeated once one okay. time so that makes the 52 weeks and each each episode has three stories on it mm-hmm. and so that's 78 stories every year that we that we go out and produce so and
3: basically know, each story the producer and the photographer are their minimum of one full day
1: yeah we like to say you know
3: you're always excited to see us come but you're really excited when we leave because we're (laughs) with you all day we we
1: (laughs) tip we seriously will there have been lots and lots of cases over the years where we we tell people hey we need a sunrise over your beautiful crop of blah 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 or whatever Mm -hmm. it is and so we'll we're going to get there before sunrise and so we get there and you know we're doing that and we're hoping God, I hope they make biscuits for breakfast. You know? <laughs> and, and, and and we have breakfast with them, and then we, you know, we're shooting some more, and pretty soon they say, well, "Oh, you know, we're, it's uh, it's about noon." And we, are okay, yeah, let's take a quick break, and then sometimes we're there at supper. Yeah. <laughs> and so those we, are long days. Yeah, we've spent a yeah. long day, and so I, I imagine that people are excited to see us go. But I don't remember a single time that. We've produced a story about somebody that they called and complained about it. No. Yep. Later. We have people that will write us these heartfelt letters and say, God, I, I had no idea when you were here and we were doing all that, how it was going to look and what the storytelling part of it was going to be like. And, you know, we're blown away. And that's 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 the a reward. huge part of the reason we do it. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Because of that. And then from the audience, the same thing. I mean, it's all, some people like this story and some people like that story. And, you know, you don't please everybody all the time. But. um,
3: The good thing mm -hmm. is everything is positive. There's no controversy. There's Mm -mm. no politics. There's, you know, we stay away from all of that. If they want to go there, that's fine. We'll have the camera in front of them and pretend like it's rolling, but that will never be used. Right, right. You know, we just, we don't go there. I have
1: had people, you know, keep in mind, I've been on the air since I was 18 years old and you'd so essentially I if I'm grown up yet I'm not sure if I am my (laughs) wife would would, you know she might say maybe not completely depends on the day yeah depends on the day too Uh, but essentially I've grown up in people's eyes and and just it's it's what I do I don't know I don't know it any other way so you're always you're always in the public eye and and I've, I've had people that have walked up to me and said over the years, things like, well, I had this happen just a couple of weeks ago. They walked up and they said, I've been watching you ever since you went on with your show. I have no idea which way you lean politically. And I, when they say something like that, I just smile at them. Because that's by design. Yeah. Because you can get all the controversy and politics and negativity <laughs> Just and turn on the news. All of that, and, and somebody else's <laughs> the Twitter You yes. can get that all <laughs> At the day grocery every store day. I mean, yeah. anywhere. And we're yeah. all yeah. sick
2: of it, aren't we? I mean, yeah. we're sick of it. That's and really a pretty good feather in your cap.
1: Yeah, well, that's and that's what you know. That's what I have always. Uh, I, I said from the beginning, we're not going to go there. We, you know, we don't care. We don't care what color you are. We don't care where your family roots, you know, started. What you believe. We don't care about your culture. You know, we care about your culture, but we don't care. You know. Other than the story we're doing about it, yeah. and, and we don't care what you believe, we don't care uh, what your political leanings are. We care about your life and how you lead, you lead your life. That's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's it. Well, and what it is that makes you special enough that made us want to come by and spend a day with you and tell everybody else about it.
0: I think that's the reason that you have such a history and such an amount of content because you you say twenty six new episodes per year. But you really have three episodes within each episode. Right, when Correct. you think about it. That's. 78. That's mind boggling. Like, <laughs> HBO went they from pop. having 26 episodes per year to 10 every other year, yes. and you're still churning out. Th- um, that's, it is three well, each it's episode. It's one every four days. Y- yeah, that's well, why. It's a okay, story of Quit every showing four days. off your math over there. I'm just really sick of <laughs> okay, it. Okay, <I> <laughs> I'm but, but I mean, that's, he, he that was good. I'm impressed. <laughs> because. Because you stick to positivity yeah. and connectivity, like I said earlier, mm-hmm. people want to watch and people want to see that. You haven't had to cut down. You haven't had to. I mean, that's
3: why. And, and we don't and cheat I it, that. you know, and say, "Oh, we're going to do two seasons in one year and you give know, you ten." Yes, I, I, was <laughs> no, the year. I was watching the Voice.
1: I was watching the Voice, which I dearly love. That's a great show. It's fun, and I'm, and I'm watching it because it's, especially because it's Blake Shelton's last, last year, year, and he's been on every one of them. Uh, since it started and he said yep this might I think he said 23rd season and I went wait a minute it only started 11 years ago yeah, right yeah oh that's it they're one of those they're, <laughs> they're, they're one of those many yes he's says, got the multiplier I do two seasons a year yeah to make it sound like I've been around longer no that's what they do when they yeah. do that they're yeah. just lying to the public and so yeah <laughs> so know, when we, we say
3: when we say season 52 it's 52 year years, 52 right. yes. yeah. how it should yeah. be
1: yes right. how it's, it should be and 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 you know, if we had, if we had more more time, more money, more you know, this, this isn't people. something where anybody's getting rich. <laughs> what we do, it, 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 more people and all that, would we like to do a brand new show every week? We really would. Oh, that'd be but great! But it's, it's it, you know. It's impossible under the circumstances yeah. and logistics as they exist. Then today. we'd have to go back to including and
3: the summer months. The, you know, the only people
1: do more episodes per year on television. <laughs> It'd, be like what y'all do? It'd be like one every two days. He's, he's, he's adding this Jeez. up again. The only, the only television Cut. people that do more, uh. more, more episodes uh, per year these days than we do are the game shows. You know, like Jeopardy. Jeopardy you know, I think they have like two or three weeks of reruns, and yeah. they're new every day. Every day. Yeah. But yeah. they—they're not going from El Paso day. No. to Corpus. So, no, they're staying in a little studio. With, you know. So, I mean, we're still sticking with the old television formula. You know, we, we, we—you remember when TV kind of followed the the school calendar? In September, everybody goes back to school, and that's when all the new shows would start. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then in May, you'd end up and you'd go into summer reruns while mm-hmm. the kids are out for the summer, mm-hmm. back when they got an entire summer Yeah, off. instead of just three well, weeks. We, uh, that's the way that all got started, was was coordinating those two main events in people's lives since the early 50s, television and school, you know. Yeah. And we still follow that calendar today. We're pretty old school about a lot of things mm-hmm. that we do.
0: Yeah. Okay. I have a big question. Uh-oh. So, what is your favorite geographic area of Texas? You have to choose. You can't. You can't be delegable. You can't be non-controversial here because this isn't political. Just all right. of all okay. the areas you've seen, like right. okay, I'm gonna I'm it gonna could be you. though. <laughs> <laughs> Don't put that in his mind. No,
1: I'm, I'm, I'm gonna tell you, and no, the, I want I want your answer too. Okay. Okay. The I used to think that it was East Texas because I loved the fact that because of the piney woods it's green a lot of it is green a lot of the time yeah and th- th- you know and that was when I was younger um, and, and then as I started traveling around the state you know and I discovered the Gulf Coast I was like oh this is great although do we have the prettiest coast anywhere no. Uh-uh. We, but we do have a, an incredible coastline with a lot of cool places yeah.
3: on it. we just don't have white beaches and blue no, water, stuff, yeah. unfortunately.
1: Yeah. But you know, it's it's great. Um, I, 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 then I got, I, and I'm always thinking uh, West Texas until I spent a lot of time there, and then I thought, <laughs> man, you can see the horizon here. You know, this, this is, is no digging great. you. I, <laughs> promise. I love, I love this. If I if, if, if there were there were no other considerations if i just had to say i'm gonna go to this place and spend most of my time and i don't have to think about making a living i don't have to think about all the other stuff i'd probably go to big bend
0: can i get that high five
1: there it is transpecus out there <laughs> you see what i just did though don't you
2: you catered to what was uh,
1: already in my mind? No, <laughs> I offended the fewest number of people that I possibly could have offended. Yeah. You know, by He's, choosing Big Bend. He there's, said it wasn't not very not many people that are it was, there. So, <laughs> <yes>. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's true. That's, that's kind of where, you know, uh, I love the weather around Alpine, for instance. I mm-hmm. love, you know, I love... We have new, an office there. You know, sure. And I, the and, night
3: skies, you cannot oh, beat. Yes. The weather. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. the weather before you hit March. Hmm. Is uh, perfect. Yeah, you're still
1: okay in April, but, uh, you know, you just don't go after. Don't that. go
3: after that because yeah. you'll melt.
1: No, I love places like you know, Terlingua Ghost Town yeah. and, uh, and and the National Park and the State Park and yeah. all of that stuff. You know, kind of calls my name, mm-hmm. and so that would be a really cool. And I love the big, you know, uh, floating down the the river, you know, with b- these seventy foot canyons, yeah. you know, on both That's sides beautiful. of you. Okay, that's, that's really cool. What's so. What's your answer? um
3: I grew up, you know, Gulf Coast mm-hmm. down in the Corpus area. Um, the only trees we knew growing up were palm trees. That they're not really trees. I mean, the roots are about this long. Thank um, you for that. Also, so, I don't like palm trees. Uh, and I do love Big Bend, but I think my heart truly is in East Texas. I mean the 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 trees just forever, the lakes, It's the wildlife there, it's just beautiful.
1: Yeah, that's true. And that's, you yeah. know, I still have, you know, but, you know, we were in Spur the other day, about an hour outside of Lubbock, and yeah. we were saying, we could live here. Yeah. <laughs> You know, and that's about as opposite from East Texas as you're going to get.
3: That's true. But the problem with West Texas, you used to be able to see the horizon, Mm -hmm. and now you see those big.
2: The red dots. Yes. Yep. And it kind of
3: ruined it for me.
2: Mm -hmm. Mm
3: -hmm. I'm
0: with you. I'm with you. I think the good thing is, is as both of you just exhibited east to west,
2: there's not a bad answer in Texas.
3: There's really not. No, no. And we didn't there's talk no. about the Panhandle, but the Panhandle does have some really mm-hmm. cool spots.
2: There's no doubt. The diversity of Texas is just really unmatched. I mean, if it there's is. anything well, that you like, yeah. you can probably you find, can find, it, find
3: here.
1: it here. You know, I've been, I've been lucky through a lot of – we do a lot of corporate video work and stuff for a lot of big companies over the years. We used to travel for years and years – I got to travel with the, the the lady that works for Neiman Marcus, who put together oh. back then the Neiman Marcus Christmas book. That you the, remember the his, the, the his and her, his and her gift, and all that. And 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 for gosh, twenty years, I guess I I got to travel all over the world with her and my crew, and we were helping them to publicize all of that stuff. So I got to see. I've been to every continent except Antarctica, and oh. uh, that's on the list. And I, I love, I love being able to travel like that, but I have never once stepped off of an airplane anywhere in the world that I didn't look around and go, well, this reminds me of this part of Texas. Mm -hmm. And that one reminds me of that part of Texas. And it's, you know, it's, we have every kind of terrain, every, every kind of climate, Mm -hmm. all of it right here in this one glorious state. So this is it.
2: Yep. So you mentioned you spent some time with uh, the Cowboys. Back in it was the eighties, nineties. Yeah, under 70s Landry and eighties yep. when back in the what I call the Landry Staubach era. Yeah. Yep. So Landry's exactly what I want to ask you about. And he he was a famous coach back <laughs> when the Cowboys used to win Super Bowls. Joe probably when not were born yet.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Do you yeah. like to do that to him? Uh,
2: uh, a little bit. He, you know, we kind of gig each other back and forth. Yeah. I hadn't noticed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm curious. I've I've heard a lot, read a, bit, a lot about uh, Tom Landry. He's kind of a, a leadership icon, if you will, to me. But I'm curious, any takeaways from him or anything that, you know, specifically that you remember?
1: Uh, now you hit a sensitive subject. Now he's going to start crying. <laughs> um, I mentioned my high school teacher that kind of set me on course because I didn't know what I was going to do with my life. And once... Uh, you know, she set me on that course. And then, you know, Eddie Barker, the famous news director and journalist that hired me and gave me my first shot, you know, so here I am, I'm in the midst of all of this, but I still, I still needed a lot of direction. I was a kid. I mean, I was a, you know, snotty nosed kid when I started in my field, still in college when I meet coach Tom Landry and my I, I i was scared to death of him for the longest time because he was this icon you know keep in mind he he'd been this is in the early 70s at that point he was you know 12 years into when i met him first he was 12 years into being the only coach the cowboys had until the day they fired him you know and in the in the mid 80s and so I was, you know, I, I I've tried to fly under the radar with him and I thought, well, this is great. I do my job, keep quiet. He won't even know my name until I'm at Super Bowl Six, the first Super Bowl I ever got to go to and cover it, uh, which was in New Orleans. And I was I was shooting film. It was media day when we we're supposed to do interviews with all these these incredible athletes. And we had just done a guy named Dick Risenhoover, the sports director where I worked. And I had just done all these interviews with all these famous people, Mercury Morris and Bob Greasy, and all these you know people with Miami, the other team we were playing. And all of a sudden, I realized my camera that I'm using is broken, and all the film I've just shot is ruined. Uh, but I didn't know it because it was all it was all spooling up inside of the the film magazine. This is back in the days when we shot 16 millimeter news film. Instead, of, we didn't have videotape yet, and. I am on the ground about to cry (laughs) because (laughs) I don't know what I'm going to do to pull this out and save it. And I'm trying to fix my camera, and I feel a hand. I'm down on my knees with this thing in pieces, and I feel a hand on my shoulder. And Tom Landry um, kneels down next to me. He could see I was pretty rattled. And he says, Bob, take a big breath and just think about it. You'll figure this out, and you'll get it done. It's going to be okay. This isn't the end of the world. And he got up, and he walked away. And the first thing I thought was, he knows my name. (laughs) (laughs) Coach Tom Landry just called me by name. Now, he may have just said, who's that kid over there? And somebody told him. I don't know. Either way, he he knew. He did. And there was a a, a, – this is going to sound weird, guys, but I'm just telling you the way it is there was a calming effect that came over me and i did figure it out and, and and i did you know recover from this disaster that was happening and we figured we got everything straightened out and everything and after that i i quit flying under the radar and i would be around and he would actually he would actually make a point of telling me things not not anything about football <laughs> Things that people, young people especially, need to know to live a better life. And he wow. would tell me these things. He would say, hey, you know, you ought to look at it this way. Or maybe you should try this. Or, you know, it was, and it wasn't like preaching or anything. It right. was just giving you some great ideas. And he became very much of a mentor. And, and, and I had the greatest dad in the world who also worshipped Tom Landry. But you know, but he, won't, he was almost like a second dad in those ways. When I was around him, he would do these things that made a difference in my life. Yeah. I remember we were at a Cowboys luncheon. After one of the games, they always had this media luncheon. Always look forward to that because I'm a, you know, poor college kid. And you would go to these <laughs> luncheons. and they would show Yeah, free meal. <laughs> and we got a lot of free meals we kept traveling with the Cowboys. But uh, that was always this incredible. And so I'm sitting there, and Coach Landry is, happens to be sitting next to me. Everybody just kind of chose this big, long table, different media people and different coaches and stuff sitting around, some players. And he uh, ends up sitting right next to me. And they serve – uh, they serve this dish, and I looked at it, and I stared at it for a minute, and I thought, I don't know what this is, but I don't think I'm going to put this in my mouth. <laughs> keep in mind, I grew up in a in, in, in a beans and cornbread household. Yeah. Every <laughs> yes, now and then, you know, we got fried chicken or or maybe a pot roast. But that's about it. I was right. eating potatoes or, mm-hmm. you know, that kind of So I didn't know what this was. And I, so I stared at it, and I stirred it around on my plate for a minute, And he just leans over, almost like your mother would do, and says, Bob, take a bite. I think you're going to like it. (laughs) Now, let me tell you guys something. If Coach Tom Landry tells you to take a bite of it, you're probably going to do it. You take a bite, yeah. Or you should, anyway. And I mean, yes, sir. And I took a bite of it. And to this day, chicken cordon bleu (laughs) is one of my favorite (laughs) dishes I had no idea what that stuff was on the inside but I knew I wanted some more of it yep. and 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 I started looking for it. It's, you don't find that just anywhere by now. <laughs> but I did. And I realized this guy he broadened my horizons greatly. He you know, and traveling around, you know went, I went I flew on the team plane, I stayed in the pl- team hotel. I ate from their training table. I was a skinny kid, believe it or not, and the trainers some of the trainers said, we're going to put some weight on that kid, and they were feeding me milkshakes and everything else, and I couldn't gain a pound. man, I wish for those days back. <laughs> <Don't they all? laughs> but but Tom Landry was one of the greatest human beings that I have come in contact with in my life and to me personally he made a huge difference i have a list of a very short list of people that i say changed my life and tom Tom landry is up there in that in the top three of those people and that doesn't that doesn't count my mom and dad who were who were incredible on their own but that you know this is a list of people who didn't have to and did and Tom Landry was one of those people.
2: Yeah, that's so awesome. I mean, just to get to have that opportunity, I think yeah. it's so great. <laughs> yeah. He he is what I would call a leader of leaders. You know, we, Absolutely. He a lot of cliche, but I may have mentioned this to you before, but there's a quote that I've I memorized that I thought is, has been so impactful to me because I think it's my responsibility to make to try to make any of my fellow men better around me. But one of the things that he said is being a head football coach in the NFL is – making grown men do what they don't want to do so that they can be what they've always wanted to be. Exactly. Yeah, and I'm just like, I've, and I've
1: heard that quote from yeah. Tom Lynn. That just
2: really. He said it, Oh yeah. He said, it many times. he said it many it times. It does. It does. It's so and,
1: awesome. And he believed he wasn't there just to coach them in football. He was there to coach them through life. And he did. I mean, it, it, our son works, our oldest son works in the in the NFL for the Arizona Cardinals. And, you know, the stories that I hear today and even the stories that I see, mm-hmm, that I unfold. see <laughs> unfold just on live television, you know, <coughs> and, and I think a lot about how much things have changed, mm-hmm. um, you know, just as they do over the years. I mean, it's been a long time since then. And it always occurs to me that in all the years, and keep in mind, I was in touch with Coach up until the day he died. And so, well, this wasn't just the time I was traveling with them. We stayed friends. We got to do TV commercials together and a lot of other things um, over the years. In all the years, I never heard Coach Tom Landry utter a curse word. Mm -hmm. Not once. And I was there. I was in the locker room, guys. That's not what you hear in the
3: locker room today. No,
1: yeah. no. It's, it's, you know, <laughs> no. they're they're dropping bombs every other word. And it's it's all this, you know, and you're like, is that really how you lead people yep. these days? And, and I, maybe it is in the NFL. I don't know, but it wasn't back then for Coach Tom Landry. Mm-hmm. It just, it didn't exist.
2: Yep. Yep. Way cool. Way cool. So one of the things I heard you say a, a couple of weeks ago, if, if we get back to Texas Country Reporter, <laughs> is that... It's not about the places that you go. It's about the people. Yeah. And, and the yeah. thing that I, I wrote down, you know, internally is that it's about ordinary people doing e- extraordinary things. Mm-hmm. So talk about that and some of the stories that you might have there.
1: Let me,
2: and let me explain that a little bit.
1: When, you know, I say that all the time. It's, it's, it's a show about ordinary people doing extraordinary things or living extraordinary lives or whatever. And I've had people say, well, they're living extraordinary life. and said, wait a minute. You're missing the point here. It's that maybe only one little thing that they're Mm -hmm. doing that is extraordinary that we hone in on that we're telling you about. This person may be as ordinary as the day is long over here for the rest of their, but there's this one thing that they're passionate about. So passionate. And that's what we're, we're looking for. Most of the time, our stories, if you, they're passionate about whatever it is we're doing a story on. Yeah. And and it may be something that to a lot of people is like, well, that's weird. Except to them, Mm -hmm. it's not. And for whatever that reason is, they are passionate about it. It it runs their lives sometimes. And it's always something positive, Mm -hmm. you know, because that's the only kind of stories we do. If it's a negative thing, we let the news guys handle it. They're experts at that. And so... It's it's ordinary people that have something extraordinary about the way they live their lives. We're not a travel show, even though our we sh- go to a lot we of different go everywhere places, all over yeah. the state. You know, we and we tell you, we show you a lot of the state, we talk about a lot of the state,
3: and we take you to museums and yeah. you know different places that but you can even take in your a family. Museum,
1: what's the story?
3: It's the person that's passionate about behind something. that museum. Yeah,
1: and it could be that could be. I mean, it may be the custodian. Yeah. Seriously. it may it, it, It's not necessarily that museum director no. or the head of whatever it is. It may be the person who cleans up, you know, after everybody else. It may be the person who empties the garbage. But We've they're passionate
3: because it's, you know, their history. I mean, we you, did that one in uh, San Felipe, and it was the mayor's family that this museum
1: pretty much. Do you guys even know where San Felipe is? Isn't it in the Valley? No, No. it's right down the road here. Not too far. It's it, it, it's basically uh, b- west of of Houston, closer to Houston, but between Houston and and um, and San Antonio, a little bit north of of Interstate Ten. San Felipe was a huge part
3: of Texas of, history, of, of, of
1: Texas freedom, of, yeah. of of our independence, because there was this town that was founded by Stephen F. Austin. And, and when Santa Ana was making his march after the Alamo and was marching across and trying to, trying to seize more and more of the land so that, so that the Mexican government could re- retain control, the people of San Felipe knew he was coming and to keep all of the stuff they had out of his hands, they burned their town to the ground. They
3: burned everything they, everything. they
1: have. Wow. The mayor of San Felipe today mm-hmm. is the great-great-grandson great, of, of a woman who at one time had been a slave in San Felipe. And now this guy who's great-great-great-grandson of this woman that helped set her town on fire with everybody else in order to, you know. And then right after that, Santa Ana, you know, they, they got him at San Jacinto, right? All of that is part of our freedom story here in Texas that people don't know. People don't know, but they've never heard of San Felipe. Yep. That mayor is passionate. He's so passionate that he somehow, he and a couple other people, somehow— talk people into spending uh, more than $10 million to build a little museum to tell this story in that tiny, tiny town. Mm-hmm. And and you can go over there, and there's the mayor showing people around.
3: Yeah,
0: It's a great
1: story. Yeah, I mean, that's well, that's who we look for. Yeah, That's what we're that's what trying to trying. Well, to
3: and I mean, had we concentrated, had you concentrated on just places or things,
1: I, I would have been everywhere five done. or 10 times by now and be done. Yeah,
3: but you know? as long as people keep being born... And they keep we making can, more people. I don't know. If yeah, you know. they that's haven't stopped. They keep making more people. <laughs> so I think we're going to be okay.
1: <laughs> Gosh, we've done, sto- I've done I've done stories here in the last couple of years. We that on people that were not born when we celebrated our 25th you know anniversary of the show. Yeah. And now it's 50 plus years. Yeah. So yeah, they keep making more people and those people all have a story. Mm-hmm. And that's what we do right there. Yeah. It's he not said, about the it's not about the place. It's about people. Mm-hmm.
0: You mentioned the janitor. You mentioned, I mean, going into the theme of ordering people, I, that really stuck with me because you know the curator of that museum. How many times do they get to talk to somebody? Oh, but, but it's the janitors. It's it's the busboy at the cafeteria. That
3: it's no, the cook the, at the steakhouse who's been there fifty years. We've done all of and those
1: the, that you just mentioned. Yeah, we've done stories. And it's on all those
0: of. people that are running the world and that keep everything exactly. going. And that's just. It's so meaningful. I Especially
1: just. when you find out by the way that that janitor at that st- high school in El Paso, Texas came from another country where he was an opera singer. But today he's picking up trash after high school, high school. kids and he was working on his American citizenship which he got while we were doing that story. Mm-hmm. Now, now, does that does that give you chills? Yeah. <laughs> Because that's, that's what we're looking for, and those are the people we find, and that's when we high-five each other and say, man, this was a good day.
3: Yeah, we've got the greatest job in the world because it, it pretty much reaffirms our faith that people truly are good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But if you turn on the news, that's not what you're
1: going to hear. No, it's not what you hear.
2: Not at all. Not at all.
1: And you know why? Because as long as I can keep you fearful, I can keep you watching. <laughs> You know, we both worked in news for yeah. for, for decades. <laughs> we put it together. We we worked in news for decades, and I do have a lot of respect for what news people do. Mm-hmm. I'm not trying to put news people down. No, I am trying to put down the the philosophy that it's all bad and that it needs to be that because you know it's all about how many clicks can I get on our our our, our TV station or whatever it is website, yeah. and it's it's about keeping people you know. You, I've got to keep you tuned in because mm-hmm. that turns into dollars. Because the longer you tune in, the more sponsorship dollars I can bring in. And like I said earlier, nobody's gotten rich on doing Texas Country Reporter. That was never. No. That was never what this was about. Um,
3: it's also our passion.
1: Yeah, it is. You know, we take in enough money to to pay the bills and to and and to provide a living to a handful of of people that work with us for many, many years who are as passionate about mm-hmm. it as we are. And that's it. There's not some big dividend anybody's making here.
2: Yes, so what, what you're saying there makes me think, you know, Texas Country Reporter as opposed to the media. The media is no longer about the discovery of, the tr- of truth. Okay. Well, But Texas Country Reporter, it, it really
1: is. And I guess that I, 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 I will play devil's advocate because some people are going to say, well, that depends on what, on what you think the truth is, whose version of the truth, But yeah. that's, what that's what the game that we're playing, isn't it? It's mm-hmm. kind of like when Bill Clinton said, "Well, it depends on what the definition of "is is," <laughs> if you'll go back to the '90s, okay, uh, the, uh, which taught an entire generation of Americans, "Oh, you can finagle your way out of anything." And I'm uh, not being political on that. I'm just saying it's gotten down to that across the board. Mm-hmm. Well, we're,
3: and it, it all yeah. came about once we all had these and
1: Just holding up a cell phone. Every this every
3: this is, this is a a oh, 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 podcast. Sorry, yeah, well, well, there's a video too. So, um, no, no. but <laughs> you know, but, but I mean, I'm we're doing you, play by play. Yes, Kelly
1: grabbed the cell phone. <laughs> <and They laughs> grabbed the cell phone.
3: <laughs> I held it up. I showed it. Um, but when you could get news at your fingertips, twenty four seven, and that's what they're constantly trying to do, which is a very difficult.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Is there really anything so <laughs> worthwhile that we need to talk about it and talk about it and talk about it and talk about it and, <laughs> and just beat that dead horse yep. you know? yep. and, uh, let's, let's instead of doing that, let's go out and find some good things to talk about yeah. because I, it'll does it does our world, our society, the individuals that make up our society our, souls. our children and yeah. our souls a lot of good yeah. to do that mm-hmm.
0: Well, I think we're starting to come to the end of our portion with y'all, but as we wrap it up... This is just part one, right? D- <laughs> part one of 17. One of 17. Part one of 26, episode three, per, you know, whatever Clint does the math of there, I do want to ask y'all... to do the math. You know? As Capital Farm Credit and Agriculture and wonderful partners with y'all, so over the course of your 52 seasons, and, or, right, 52? Mm-hmm. You know, okay. you know,
1: fifty season 52 starts... September, September. Okay. 1st, yeah.
0: You see a lot of ordinary people doing extraordinary things. We think, and I think y'all will agree, that individuals in ag are doing extraordinary things. Oh. <laughs> what, Thankless
3: job, yes. <laughs> yes.
0: What, what has been the most noticeable shift or constant, however you want to think about it, in the farmers and ranchers that y'all have seen over the over that time?
1: Well, unfortunately, I've seen fewer and fewer Family farms able to make it, and big conglomerates taking over a lot of land and running it that way. I'm a big believer, you know, and I'm not against. I'm not against that, but I am a big believer in family farms. I'm a big believer in in producing and providing and shopping local, okay. and I think that that's one of the ways that that farmers are. You know, and, and you, you've seen you could probably give us the math on this cuz i can't remember <laughs> the, the 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 number of of people that a typical family farm feeds today versus what it did in 1950 for instance yeah. and it's incredible how how farmers keep getting better and better and better at what they do in this almost thankless job and yeah it
3: is truly hard work i mean we're talking oh, backbreaking work
1: it's it's work compared yeah. to what most people in our society do today most people i think you know have these jobs where um they sit around and pontificate and play on the computer and you know come up with this and this and this you know it's kind of like well being a lawyer <laughs> and <laughs> i had to get that in you know I, but, I i accept that
2: okay are we on the clock <laughs> i'm
0: billing <laughs> i'm billing you, you Clint. yeah <laughs>
1: anyway that's that's probably been the biggest change well, but they're I,
3: also getting more efficient too yes. yeah, that's it you know there's yes. there's less and less waste, which is perfect you know as we go forward in this world
1: the The other thing though too is the ones who are okay imagine being you know a twenty something and you grew up maybe you grew up on a farm or maybe not, but you decide you're gonna that's going to be your life and you're going to go into farming those people have got to be uber passionate and I'm not talking about the Uber the people that drive you around in a car <laughs> they've got to be just ultra passionate about what they're doing about feeding and clothing you know, their, yep. their society because that's that passion is passion is about the only pay they get when it all is done, no, they're just they're just Staying even is about what they're doing most of the time. You know that. But they're doing it because they love it and they feel a responsibility for it. And God love them. If we, what, what would we do if we didn't have them? Yeah. And think of all the people who don't know that we do have them. Think of the people who think milk comes from the grocery store. <laughs> or from those weird cows you have. What kind would you do? And the brown Not cows the ones produce that. chocolate milk. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs>
2: You know, I think if, if I were to say anything, you guys are very good communicators, especially with your show, with your, your platform and, and all of that. But I think especially we've, we've referenced some of those divisive people, divisive news outlets, whether, or the, whatever that may be, uh, divisive communication out there. But I think one of the challenges for agriculture is there's a lot of things where we could, areas where we might could meet in the middle yes. if we just could tell our story and we could listen to theirs. If that makes sense. Isn't so that is. the truth?
1: Yep.
3: As opposed to people just talking at each other. If, if they could, talk could actually talk to each other. Yep. Yep. To each other.
1: Yep. Well, and, and, and I'm not doing a commercial for you guys here. That's not what this is. I've done plenty of them over the years, <laughs> but that's not what this is. When you look at the, the whole farm credit system, yeah. you know, not just capital farm credit, but this system, this idea of, uh, uh, of being a member of something where we're all, we're all taking care of each other you know like this that's what this is and that that's the way it used to be a long time ago you know you go back and you can you can find that in Europe where they had they, they had these groups that would bind together and you know maybe they're not loaning money to each other but they're helping each other with their crops and that sort of thing back yeah to maybe the old,
3: we need to go back to that Yeah, I just I don't mean, know how we get everybody on the same page I'm yep, not
1: sure but that. it sure would be a, that be would a wonderful be a, thing a better place yep,
2: yep. Can I come to the end here? I just want to say on behalf of myself and Joe and Capital Farm Credit, we very much appreciate you guys being here today and what you do. And I I want to use exactly what you said, ordinary people doing extraordinary things. I mean, I grew up, I can remember as a kid watching Texas Country Reporter on Sunday afternoons. I mean, so (laughs) (laughs) celebrity status really is what I thought before I met you the first time. But I really want to tell you that you guys do an excellent job at being ordinary people doing extraordinary things
1: and we're about as ordinary as you get yeah. <laughs> trust me
3: what you see is what you get <laughs> and, we,
2: and we love that too. yes
3: yeah.
2: <laughs> thank
0: you guys for being here thank, thank you and thank you all for the partnership we really appreciate absolutely. it absolutely thank, thank you for joining us today on capital roots texas agriculture is the foundation of our story and what
2: makes us family capital farm Credit, a proud member of the farm credit system we finance farmers ranchers agricultural producers and rural landowners. And we're here to make your vision a reality. We've been serving rural Texas for more than a century. Whether it be traditional,
0: innovative, or lifestyle, we'll help you cultivate new ground. We're all in this together.
2: Because together, we're better.